Welcome to Randy Reviews Podcast. We are down the final stretch of The Mandalorian. Today I'm here to review episode 7, um, The Reckoning, uh, which was it was titled. And this was a very interesting episode that made me extremely excited for the season finale, episode 8. So, um, I tend to pay attention to things a little... Uh, I understand the way storytelling is told when it comes to TV shows a little too well. Um, I bring that up to say that from the initial um, pressing of the episode to watch it, um, a lot of the times uh, they do um, a previously on this episode, so they'll show you what happened the last episode. Now, smart TV watchers of, sh- of shows will know that the preview of what happened prior can sometimes lead into understanding what's about to happen. So on a regular episode of The Mandalorian, they would show what happened directly in the last episode, last episode, and give you kind of a breakdown. In this one, they decided to show you flashbacks of each episode where he met um, Quill, um, the the robot, um, uh, Cara Dune, it showed all three of those and then it gave like a brief update of what happened in the last episode and to me that told me from the rip that you know we were going to get those characters in this one because again all the other episodes just showed you the prior one so they're kind of like restoring your memory like hey if you forgot about these characters you know here's a refresher so what you're about to watch um you can you can uh pay attention to so i understood that and i've been waiting for this if you've been listening to my podcast you've been Noticing that I had a tad bit of frustration just not getting enough information. I've enjoyed the episodes. I think they're great episodes. And it is giving me a lot of character development and world building. And it's kind of like this Hunter's Journey um, Wild West show. Which after sitting down, it's been uh, it's been quite some time thinking about this. Um, it's really good for what it shows. And now this episode... He's finally giving us the payoff, finally getting to a point where we're going to get some answers to certain questions. Um, and this episode is hinting towards uh, you finally getting that kind of information, getting back to the story of Yoda and somebody wanting Yoda. So we watch as uh, Mando gets a message, basically a bargaining deal um, from the Bounty Hunter Guild's captain, basically saying, hey... Um, the uh, Imperial Guard has run down on our town, and it's bad for business. We haven't been able to, you know, uh, as the Bounties Guild, we haven't been able to operate properly because they're, like, you know, bullying the town, per se. So let's help each other. They they want Baby Yoda. We can use them as a distraction. We get you close enough. Once you uh, take out the uh, main leader, then they'll all disappear. Uh, Mando's... Mandel and the, the the episode goes on to really explain how this is something that uh, Mando kind of has to do or I mean obviously you can go the other way but he understands that no matter where he goes they're going to try to chase him the bounty guild are going to come they're only going to get uh, you know stronger because you know after a while if you send but so many bounty hunters and nobody's coming back you have to send elite a level assassins to really get the job done so he understands that um, in this situation, he can be parted from the guild and not, 
you know, have any beef with him and, you know, kind of cancel it. Because if we take out the guy who's looking for Baby Yoda, then nobody's looking for Baby Yoda anymore. No more Bounty Hunters Guild on the baby. And y'all can kind of go about your business. Um, so we watch as uh, Cara Dune is fighting with Dark Maul's cousin. <laughs> it's like a, a creature you can tell that is from um, Dark Maul's planet. It's interesting to see him in the color of shade skin he was because I assume that I haven't watched Star Wars Clone Wars I just started or Rebels deep into it I've watched I'm starting to watch both of them thanks to Disney Plus but seeing uh just knowing Dark Maul from Phantom Menace with the red skin I right I assumed that you know all his uh uh race looks the same way red with different variations of tattoos and things of that nature with the horns but um I always loved and enjoyed the Knights of the Old Republic game where you could choose whether you're dark or light and whether you were um, based on the way you carried yourself. If you did something good for somebody, it would give you light points. If you constantly made like evil decisions, you would constantly be darker and darker. Then you kind of choose whether you were dark side or light side. And if you pick dark side, um, the, the character that you played with, his skin would slowly, gradually change. If he was a human... His skin would change to like a very pale skin, scarred, you know, look like somebody who hasn't slept in months. Like it changed his physical appearance. The dark side had a physical effect to his outlook. If you stood in the light, you had no blemishes. You looked, you know, you were glowing to a degree. You were, you know, a, a spotless human. So seeing this creature fighting Cara Dune in the bar, back to go back to it, you know, you see him with kind of a regular toned skin. And maybe for that race, when joining the dark side, his skin gradually got darker, red, redder and redder until he was fully Sith and evil. But again, I'm speaking out of ignorance because I, I haven't seen any other version of Dark Maul's species in a, in, a, in a show. So this is me just thinking like I, I've always enjoyed how this, you know, being dark side as you, you watch Anakin slowly progress to the dark side and he changes his appearance and skin and that's a very interesting part of the of joining the dark side so again we're um finally getting to see um cardoon again the previews told me that you were going to get these old characters so the frustration of each episode you get these characters that are really cool and the show markets the characters like they're going to be a part of the team throughout the season but each episode goes by and they just, you know, Mandalorian goes on his lonesome, kind of like a Logan a Wolverine style character, which I liked. But we grew attachments to certain characters, Quill and Cara Dune in specific, wanting them to kind of be more in the show. So Mando explains the situation kind of, you know, he needs muscle and Cara Dune is someone who uh, would be a perfect fit for what he's trying to um accomplish so she's basically saying she's like she's comfortable where she's at she when she she's fighting the guy who's of mall species dark mall species she's having fun she's a smile on her face she's earning money you can tell she's made a name for herself and she's kind of like a no danger and she's very comfortable where she's at so she's like dude my soldier days if i get caught i'm done the things i've done in my past you know if i get in the wrong hands it's over for me very paranoid lifestyle that she lives kind of like an ex-veteran who's been in the war and um doesn't even want to look at certain movies because it triggers him to remember those memories 
so she's kind of like you know i'm chilling i'm having a good time with my people here and um she said besides i'm not doing it for um a fight against a local warlord and he says it's not a warlord it's imperial and she smiles and says i'm in so you know clearly seeing that regardless of how comfortable she is or the risk that it would take to join this fight she has an eternal beef with the empire and any chance she can get to you know go against that specific team she'll take the risk um going against some thug or some random bad guys or whatever that's just not what she's gonna do but if it's for the greater good fighting the empire you know the empire is disseminated at this point she's willing to do it so you get her joining the squad and then they see that uh they're back on the plane and they're talking about going back and there's an interesting part where baby yoda is uh peeking to into the conversation like like i said in the last episode it's becoming clear that baby yoda is more conscious and he's just not a child like when you're an infant child you don't know what's going on you're not conscious of the world around you to the slightest it seems that you know yoda being 50 years old that is quite the contrary so he peeks into the conversation then he starts to the ship starts to go crazy they, they run upstairs and yoda's has his hand on the steering wheel um so to speak and um you just you could just think that it's a child playing around messing around with something you know kind of touching what he's not supposed to but i perceive that as him listening to the game plan of what they're going to do and him kind of saying like let's not do that like let's let's keep running away let's keep doing this like we can hold each other down maybe i'm looking too deep into it but there's a lot of people on the internet who tend to agree when i watched it just them showing him listening into the conversation then doing that and then you watched him play around with the uh, with the droid pilot in the last episode it just seems he a lot more understanding than what we could perceive so they they see how um baby yoda needs a babysitter somebody to watch him as this whole thing goes down so they go back to see quill and you know he's happy to see them he makes a remark that he doesn't believe that the baby's a clone because he worked in the cloning farms that it looks like an original or now whether this line was given to get to give us the indication that he's not a clone to kind of get rid of that theory or if he was just saying that based on assumption as just to speak for speaking sake which i'll go with the first one because they're not just gonna say nothing say something for nothing especially a line like that a line that everybody's been thinking oh he's a clone he's a clone so being the original like uh jenga fett was in attack of the clones there's the potential for him to be cloned and be the original clone um is still present um so it's interesting so the theme throughout the mandalorian is that he hates the droids and understandably so his parents were murdered by droids and you see ig 11 come in with a tray with some drinks and a quill has reprogrammed him to uh you know serve him as a nursing droid and a caretaker protector you know protector and uh he asked and mando was basically saying like you know I'm gonna kill it you know this thing is programmed to kill the baby and I don't trust it and he kind of throughout the episode he speaks how he does not trust the and Quill has a powerful line of saying um droids aren't good or evil they are what they're programmed to be depending they're only reflections of the people that program them 
So it showed this cool like little backstory of how he found him broken where Mandalorian left them. And uh and as he's um he goes back to the scene, he picks him up and he reprograms him and he kinda has like a recovering from war kind of arc where you see him like doesn't know he doesn't know how to walk anymore or pick up a glass cup without breaking it and he kind of like trains him to get back on his feet and reprograms him to be a nursing joy someone who helps you see him feed the animals and serve quill um it was really cool to see but the insinuation is that um this droid by mandalorian's sakes its nature is to kill and to be bad and quill was saying that its nature is whatever you choose to program it to because it's a droid don't forget that like these aren't people you can't take a you can't take up a beef with robots when they're programmed to do a specific specific thing according to their programming um you know so he's kind of fighting for him and kind of letting mandalorian know you need to change your perspective of uh of this particular um, being, I don't want to say species because they're robots, they're not things. So, um, you kind of get this insinuation that that this robot shouldn't be trusted by Mando. And later in the episode, I think that, that those lines of Mando, and maybe it was just reiterating how much Mando really dislikes droids, but nonetheless, um, they're chilling in the cockpit and force alert um car dune and mandalorian are arm wrestling um to pass time and baby yoda it was a beautiful scene because baby yoda gets to show that he really is into he really um is attached to the mandalorian and really views the mandalorian as like a father figure and um they're in the perspective of the child see this this helps me to gauge how conscious yoda is so Yoda force chokes Cardoon. And, you know, this is a power um, known by the Sith. No Jedi force choke. So that was an interesting aspect with itself. So, um, you know, if the baby was conscious, a lot more conscious than what I believe my theory was, you know, he would have never force choke Cardoon for rest arm wrestling. But he is aware in general. So, um, Mandalorian has to tell him, this is my friend, stop, stop, this is my friend. And she's freaking out, and she comes at the baby, and her and Quill have a back and forth. And as they're arguing, the IG steps up as if he's about to do something, like to defend um, Quill in the argument. And again, the show's constantly painting this picture that you shouldn't trust the droid. Mando's constantly talking about how he knows these droids and they go against their programming, they go against their wiring. And then in moments of conflict, the droid's kind of like present in a way that seems evil. Um, so, uh, they do that and they have that clarification. And, and this is how I feel in regards to the connection of the overarching theme with the droid. The same, the same metaphor for the droid that a droid can be, whatever you program it to be, I feel is applies to Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda is a Force-sensitive child who, if under the wrong hands, can be a Force-choking Sith 
if trained to do so, or be a life-saving Jedi and use the Force to pick up a rhino, a mudhorn. So, same thing goes for Baby Yoda as it does for IG. But that's a that's a you know that's me symbolically understanding that because again, he's not a Jedi or a Sith. You know, just because he did a Force choke doesn't mean that he's one or the other. He will be whatever he's trained to be. So, they finally meet up with the uh, guilds. And this episode, it's getting you hyped because it brings the team back together. And you're just like, alright, that's... You know it's heading towards the bigger picture. They meet up with the uh, guy. Um, they have a scene where they're eating uh, in the middle of the night. Kind of resting as they're on their way to the, the, the city or the town. And these... Um, dragon-like creatures swooping out of nowhere and attack them. It was really cool. It was like a really dark scene. These dragons pop up and one of them <coughs> takes the blurg to eat them. But in the process, the guild guy um, gets cut. And um, as we've seen in previous episodes where we kind of felt like Baby Yoda was going to heal the Mandalorian when he was hurt, finally in this episode... Um, Quill seems to be very in tune with the child. He feed, you see him feeding the baby, and um, the baby comes up, and Cardoon's like, "Get this thing out of here!" And he's like, "No, watch!" And you know, Baby Yoda heals. Um, the guild, the guild um, uh, boss, or you know, the leader of the guilds, what his name is, I always forget. But um. And in that very moment, we've never seen uh, a Jedi heal a human being. So it was a very, like, powerful scene. Because, you know, in the video game, you could heal. Now, I don't know if any of the cartoon shows showed a Jedi healing somebody, but this is something that um, he does. And not only does he heal, the, the scratch of the dragon was poisonous. So he healed it and he removed the poison. So it was like a complete heal. He saved his life. He brought him back to life. So um, it's interesting. They dropped this episode a Wednesday, two days before the movie. Um, uh, Skywalker, the Rise of Skywalker. And I, I thought that the movie and the show, this episode and the movie will connect. So I watched the episode and the same day I went to go see the movie. The internet isn't really talking about it too much, but I definitely have a theory of how the Mandalorian, Baby Yoda, and Rey from the Rise of Skywalker connect, and I'm going to do a separate theory on that. So, he heals them, and down, you know, the day, the next day goes, and the guy, the guild member, um, shoots two of the men that were with him and kind of tells Mandalorian, like, look, the... The, the plan was to trap you and, you know, kill you and get the baby. But after the baby saved me, I changed my mind. I'm not doing it. So they devise a plan to go in there and kind of, like, trick them. They keep the baby Yoda with Quill. And they go with the, uh, with the, um, floating crib, let's call it, that baby Yoda's in, and have it empty. 
So they pre they're going to present Mandalorian as a capture, captured by Cara Dune, and have the baby at the same time. So they go into the back to the city, and there's a thousand stormtroopers. Previously in the episode, he had mentioned how there was only four stormtroopers protecting um, the Imperial Guard. There's like a gang of them everywhere, like really taking a chokehold to to the town, really getting to understand why um, the guilds. Um, Captain reached out to Mandalorian to fix the situation because they have a stronghold on the territory. Um, so this is the end of the episode. They meet with the guy, the guild. He has some epic lines as usual. He's like a really cool voice, and he kind of says like the power of uh, you know Beskar and the artistry that you can have when you know an ancient material is given to its um, original artist kind of like admiring his Baskar on his uh, Mandalorian suit um, he's like let me see the baby and he's uh, the captain's like uh, he's asleep and you see a stormtrooper reach in and say hey you know somebody wants to talk to you on conference call they pull the conference call up and it's Moff Gideon it's a uh, um my i watch everything with subtitles just in case the accents are too thick and it tells it says moff gideon says and then it's this uh, guy the same guy from breaking bad and he's saying hey do you know if they have the baby he's like, yes the baby's sleeping he's like you want to double check that basically insinuating knowing that the baby isn't with them and as soon as he says that the dude gets shot in the chest and like a whole bunch of blaster shots go through the little bar that they're in and um you're like what in god's green earth is going on so they shoot it up and right there i assume that there's a snitch or something because how does that guy know that baby yoda isn't with them you know like what how would he know that so because of the episode constantly um referencing the droid as being bad or man not trusting him my brain goes into you know the droids told you know snitched on him it's, it went with his original programming um so mando says hey he calls in quill who has baby Yoda. he's on his way back to the ship he says hey get get to the ship quick they got his pin down so you see quill on the on the blur like rushing back to um rushing back to um uh, the ship and Moff Gideon has this TIE fighter that we've never seen before that's able to like bend its wings he parks up he gets out he says hey what you have isn't what you think it is it means more to me than what you understand um, and obviously he's talking about Baby Yoda so he's kind of like outside they're pinned down and they're stuck in this situation now the, the episode is 40 minutes long it's close to the end i'm like this is the end so this the last scene you see is mando screaming quill have you made it back to the ship have you made it back to the ship and they cut to the scene and um this this uh stormtroopers on the speeder bikes intercepted their first original message and heard mando tell quill to get back to the ship originally so they take that message, they hear it, they start to drive towards Quill as Quill's rushing. And it's this, this like adrenaline, like, get back to the ship, hurry up, come on, come on. And when they cut back to the last scene, you see the speed, the speed uh, tro trooper pick up Baby Yoda. And then the scene cuts to Quill on the ground, dead, shot. 
and you're just stuck because you know close your guy you know i have spoken is down you don't know if he's dead or not but you're just like whoa what's going on now it insinuated that the stormtrooper was the one who shot him and then picked up the baby but in my opinion i believe that the ig unit who mando constantly talked about in the episode as being you know one way and no matter how you wire it it's always going to be a killer and and you know moff gideon knew that the baby wasn't with them so my my theory going into um chapter eight is that ig 11 shot quill and helped them get baby yoda and that is what the episode <sighs> insinuated i guess but um we won't know until chapter eight so it left you with this great cliffhanger this new bad guy who just killed the old bad guy who you thought was the big boss not even close and mando's pinned inside this bar the same bounty bounty hunters guild bar but it's now the imperials um and they're heavily armed there's mad troopers outside with gideon like mad a lot like a whole army worth and um it just leaves you right there a little heartbroken because quills shot down you're hoping that he isn't dead and um who's this guy and obviously we're finally going to get this conflict and this understanding of more information as this show goes on and um that was chapter seven the reckoning so um not so much character development but uh with the mandalorian specifically but we get to learn a little bit more about uh, yoda and that he's got a few jedi tricks up his sleeves and even some sith tricks and um it leaves you in a great campaign this is a great call back to all the old episodes and tying some things from the beginning of the season to the end and you can just feel this perfect storm set up to really give us a grand finale that's really gonna leave us wanting more because we know production for season two was already cleared and they already started it and it's supposed to drop fall 2020 so it's like three months away which is pretty fast considering my hopes is that um this isn't um forced and rushed because of the success and you know i just hope that was always the game plan they were just waiting to see what the numbers were like before renewing the second season but uh clearly it's been a phenomenon i think the one episode a week has been become a success because everybody's been able to enjoy it at the same time react to every episode at the same time and it's more of a communal experience you can talk about that one episode and i think it's been more enjoyable now in retrospect <clears throat> to binge watching so we're at the end people and i'm very happy with uh the direction this episode went and uh as soon as we get to chapter eight we can discuss the season finale and just hold on tight and wait for season two but uh for now uh it's been a pleasure talking to y'all have a great day and uh may the force be with you